Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Everybody get a seat? Something to drink? Now just sit back and enjoy the show. As always, now this time I have a ton of news to get to. Just been like usual, a real busy week last week, so now I'm sorry I'm having to play catch up. Before I get to the news, I want to remind everyone and for my new listeners out here, thank you so much for joining us this week. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about our cafe store. On the website, if you go to juliastruckacafe.com and click on the cafe store tab, you can find apparel, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, men and women, hoodies for men and women, and I have some electronics, and now I even have a wellness page where you can get like an emergency first aid kit of 300 pieces for $15. I purchased one myself. It, I'll do a little short video about it that I'll put on the YouTube channel and just do a search. I don't have enough subscribers yet to have like slash, you know, youtube.com slash Julia's Trucker Cafe YouTube channel. But if you do a search for Julia's Trucker Cafe, it will come up. Just look for my uh, tan semi and that's the uh, right, you're on the right page. And I also have um, different kind of really cool compression socks if you could think compression socks are cool but you know their designs are not like the old granny nudie kind that you know the old grandmas used to have up to their kneecaps with the long skirts these are real different designs on them uh, for men and women and even anklets if you just have your feet just swell i know a lot of drivers are having problems with that so i figured you know trying to do a one-stop shop but anyway, let's go ahead and get started with the news. Colorado DOT launches a program to help truckers drive in the mountains without losing their brakes, which I think is a fabulous idea. Um, and this should have been done years ago. The program launched just a few months after a fatal 28-vehicle pileup on I-70 near Lakewood, Colorado. Remember when that uh, reported on that with that 23-year-old uh, Cuban young man plowed into a bunch of cars that were stopped from a previous traffic, just to give you a little background on it if you're new to the show, and uh, plowed into 28 different vehicles, killing um, at least four. Colorado transport Transportation officials launched a new safety initiative this week designed to help truck drivers to safely travel on the I-70 Mountain Corridor. On Friday, now there again, I'm play, playing catch-up, so this was last month, so I'm sorry about this. I didn't report on this sooner, but there again, I, again, I'm playing catch-up. Friday, August 16th, the Colorado Department of Transportation introduced a new Mountain Rules Initiative. The program combines new traffic safety features with an education campaign to help truck drivers, particularly, particularly those who aren't familiar with driving on steep Colorado roads, to avoid brake issues that could cause a crash. And if you want to read and see this for yourself, they have a Facebook page at Colorado Department of Transportation. The, and it reads, Today, Colorado DOT, along with our partners at the Colorado State Patrol, Colorado Motor Carriers Association, Prepass, and DriveWise announced the Mountain Rules, a new safety campaign to improve trucker safety along the I-70 Mountain Corridor. This campaign will make an infrastructure improvements to improve safety and launch in-cab driver alerts to inform truck drivers of upcoming brake check and common brake loss areas. We're first focusing on the I-70 Mountain Corridor and plan to later implement the program on other corridors. Stay tuned for more updates on this exciting program to make sure everyone gets home 
home safely. As a part of the mountain rules, Colorado DOT will be adding new six new signs on eastbound I-70 to let drivers know about brake check locations. They'll also be making some improvements to the short-term truck parking area at the Genesee Park exit. Colorado DOT also says that drivers will soon be able to subscribe to an in-cab alert system that will warn them about common areas where brake trouble can occur, as well as brake check areas and runaway truck ramps. The other part of the Mountain Rules program involves education about how to use safety features already in place, like the runaway ramps. They will also be gathering data to determine whether additional runaway ramps are needed as part of this program. The Mountain Rules will expand from the I-70 Mountain Corridor to other parts of the state, says the DOT. The safety initiative is being conducted in partnership with Pre-pass, like I mentioned, DriveWise, Colorado State Patrol, and Colorado Motor Carriers Association. Pre-pass and DriveWise have added safety alerts to their systems in conjunction with the program. Colorado DOT says that new safety initiative isn't necessarily related to a high-profile quadruple fatality pileup crash that happened on I-70 near Lakewood in April. We always look for ways to improve safety. We are certainly aware of this poignance of the partnership given the crash earlier this year. And if you'd like to subscribe to my email list, there's a video at the bottom of this article that I will send you and also it will be in the show notes and in the description of this podcast in on my website under shows. Just look for this podcast that um, the link will be in here also to this article. And this article will be dated today, September 2nd. I'm right as of this moment of recording, I'm unsure what I'm going to call it. So, now the next news story, because there again, I have tons to get to. A stabbing inside a semi sends one man to the hospital and another to jail. This incident shut down a portion of I-70 for over five hours back on Friday, August 16th. Indiana authorities have issued attempted homicide charges to a man in connection with the stabbing of a truck driver last night. Just after 6 p.m. on Friday, August 16th, officers with the Wayne County Sheriff's Office responded to a disabled semi-truck on eastbound I-70 at mile marker 154. Now that is just before the new Paris Petrol is at the 156B. When police arrived on scene, they discovered that one of the two men in the semi-truck was suffering from stab wounds. The stabbing victim was transported to the hospital for treatment. His current condition was unknown. The other man in the truck, 47-year-old Florida resident Pavel Neri Gonzalez, was arrested and later charged with attempted homicide. Neri Gonzalez is being held in the Wayne County Jail. The semi-truck that the two men were traveling in was removed from the scene to be secured for crime scene processing. The incident resulted in a five-hour shutdown of eastbound I-70 near US-151. Police have not released a motive for the stabbing and are still investigating at that time. Now, later on in the show, I will have an update to this story. So stay tuned. Keep listening. Now, in other news, I mean, I've been reading over these stories to prepare for the show. And it's, y'all, it's getting nuts out there. It really is. Here's another story. That a woman rams a tanker truck in an attempt to kill sons and herself. She's been charged with three counts of attempted murder for trying to take the life of her two sons and the tanker truck driver. A Florida woman has been arrested after a murder-suicide attempt involving a tanker truck. Police say that 48-year-old Melissa Gale Mack had been charged with three counts of premeditated attempted murder. One charge for her two sons and one charge for a tanker truck driver she intentionally rammed. The charges were issued in connection with an incident that occurred again on Friday. Was that full moon then? I'm going to have to look into that and see if that was a full moon that night. Police say that Mac was traveling on US 441 with her four-year-old son and six-year-old son in her car when she switched from the northbound to the southbound lanes in an attempt to ram a gas tanker head-on. The tanker truck driver, driven by Paul Dale Hackbarth, was able to take evasive action to avoid the Mac's vehicle. However, after the failed attempt, police say that Mac doubled back 
and rammed the tanker from the rear end. The collision caused Max vehicle to catch fire and left all three occupants trapped inside. Police say that two good Samaritans were able to put out the fire and pull all three people in the crash vehicle to safety. No serious injuries were reported. Mac is being held in the Alachua, A-L-A-C-H-U-A, County Jail on $900,000 bond. The three attempted homicide charges Mac Fail is facing are capital felonies. Well, you would think, you know, that means that's a felony. And I don't know about Florida, but a lot of states, that's mandatory, you know, death penalty. There again, I'm not sure on that. And in other news, 17 people are hospitalized for a mysterious smell at a truck stop. And if you hear some wrangling around while I'm recording this, my little co-driver, four-legged fur friend co-driver, decides she's going to start running around the truck while I'm recording the show. I'll try... Uh, to, to bleep her out most of the time. She's quiet, but you can hear the pitter-patter of little kitty paws. So now back to the news. 17 people hospitalized for a mysterious smell at a truck stop. All investi- After investigating all that weekend, no one knows where the smell has come from. Authorities, as of August 19th, are still baffled by an unidentified strange odor that sent more than a dozen truck stop patrons to the hospital over the weekend. There again, this happened on Friday, August 16th. The smell was uh, at the Bannock Peak Truck Stop and Casino located on Fort Hall Indian Reservation near Pocatello, Idaho. Within an hour of the odor being reported, the Fort Hall Fire Department responded and the truck stop was evacuated to allow hazmat teams to search for the source of the smell. 17 people who were in the truck stop casino at the time that the odor was reported were taken to the hospital via ambulance. All 17 people were released from the hospital by Saturday morning, thank goodness. Hazmat teams with various agencies searched the facility for hours but were not able to locate the source of the smell. Smell, excuse me. The truck stop remained closed through Friday night but was reopened on Saturday morning after the building was declared to be safe. The casino portion of the building remained closed. The Shoshone Bannock tribes are still investigating the source of this mysterious smell. Well, upon looking up the phases of the moon, no, it was not a full moon the night of the 16th. Um, that's not till the next week on the 23rd. So... Now that really baffles me of what's going on. Good Lord. So back to the news. A trucker spills a hot coffee in his lap, totals his custom semi. Oh my word. I betcha he was madder than a hornet. Trying to keep the show G-rated. One moment of distraction caused by a cup of hot coffee is all it took for one truck driver to total his custom Peterbilt. In a video shared... On August 19th, by a YouTube user, a 2007 379P with a custom 132-inch, 132-inch ARI sleeper and a little cup of coffee mishap turns into a big amount of trouble when he loses control and collides with a guardrail. Sadnack says that he wasn't seriously hurt, but that his truck was badly damaged and eventually totaled. Wow. And there again, this article will be in the show notes. You could go ahead and uh, look for September 2nd show, and you can scroll down and see the video there. Also featured on a wellness page of our cafe store, we have Harry's razors for men. I'm working on that. And Flamingo razors for women, which is a sister company to Harry's. Harry's believes that you shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to the products you use. So their razors are designed to be effective and to provide a great experience. Their team of more than 600 engineers, designers, craftsmen, and chemists make our products from the finest materials and ingredients to ensure they perform as well as they possibly can. They bought a blade company in Germany that they've been manufacturing blades since 1920. So guys, you get a close, clean shave and women with the flamingo razors provide a close couple 
comfortable shave for women's legs and underarms without getting all of those pimply bumps after you shave. Flamingo razors are made just like Harry's using high quality steel to make their long lasting blades. If you want a close comfortable shave whether you're a man or a woman check out Harry's and Flamingo razors on our wellness page at our website at juliastruckacafe.com under the cafe store page and then scroll down to our wellness page and click on that. Now back to the news. A truck driver arrested after driving into a hotel. Tennessee police said that they have issued charges against a truck driver following a destructive series of events that took place at a motel on Sunday, August 18th. Police were called to the Roadway Inn at Strawberry Plains, Tennessee around 4.30 in the morning on Sunday after reports of a semi-truck running amok and causing destruction. When police arrived on the scene, they found serious structural damage to the hotel allegedly caused by the 34-year-old Florida-based truck driver, Raul Medina. Knoxville police say that Medina told them he was tired and searching for a place to park when he struck the motel canopy, panicked, backed up, and then pulled forward again. This caused the canopy to collapse. You think? Quote, he hit the pole, went over the rock garden, hit two vehicles, continued, made the turn, and then hit the hotel. He took out columns, crashed the roof, and kept on going. A hotel guest, Gene Paldine, told local news. Quote, next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in a Garth Brooks song. It's Papa Love Mama, and his car is one of the cars that got hit. Explained motel guest Troy Geyser. The incident frightened motel guests, but no one was hurt. Police later charged Medina with DUI. You can also see this video in the article that'll be in the show notes. I'm sorry I say that a lot, but that's where I share all these articles. If you sign up to my email list, uh, you could get them right sent right to your inbox. On to more news. A catastrophic mechanical failure is blamed for a dump truck destruction where five people were injured. Authorities in Washington state say that five people were injured uh, yesterday, August 19th on Monday, when a dump truck driver lost control and collided with a pedestrian and mul multiple vehicles before crashing into a subway restaurant. The incident was reported about 9.30 in Seattle. Authorities say that a Barrett Services dump truck traveling downhill on Jane Street collided with a pedestrian, hit three vehicles, then crashed into a subway at speeds of about 40 miles an hour. Excuse me. Five people were taken to the hospital, some with serious injuries. All are expected to be okay. One woman was trapped in her van after it was hit by the dump truck and required extraction by firefighters. Authorities have said that the incident was caused by the dump truck's catastrophic mechanical failure. Bruce Burns, 58, told Seattle Times that he smelled burning brakes on the scene after the crash. Witness John Jennings, 23, said, I looked down the way and all you see is this dump truck barreling through. You see the smoke rolling off the tires like the driver had her brakes locked up. You heard the glass break and everything, so we all came down here. The incident remains under investigation. He said her, and I was quoting, but um, it's not known who the driver was. They didn't say in this article who the driver was. As those bad storms roll through Iowa, multiple semis are laid over on their sides. The Iowa State Patrol reported multiple semi-trucks are blown over caused by the high winds the morning of August 20th. Wind speeds in excess of 60 miles per hour were reported in parts of Iowa as severe thunderstorms rolled through the area. Troopers say that high winds were responsible for tipping over four semi-trucks on uh, Interstate 80 at mile marker 80 at the Adair rest stop. So they were parked and they weren't rolling down the interstate. So these guys were parked and it was so strong that, well, can you imagine sleeping in your truck and the and your truck is rocking? I mean, my I know mine rocks about 25, 25 mile an hour winds to 30 mile an hour winds. So you're sleeping and all of a sudden over you go at 60 mile an hour winds. Golly, you talk about being scared, scared. I know I'd be crap in my pants, I'll tell you what. And I believe minor injuries were only reported. Thank goodness for that. FBI 
thwarts a truck driver who was planning a mass shooting at a church. Federal authorities say that they stopped a truck driver for committing a planned mass shooting at a church in Tennessee. The FBI says that they arrested 38-year-old truck driver Thomas Matthew McVicker in Indianapolis, Indiana, after learning of his plans to conduct the mass shooting at a church in Memphis. The FBI says that the arrest came after McVicker made quote, credible threats to conduct the mass shooting and suicide on Thursday, August 22nd. Authorities say that they were tipped off by a female friend of McVicker living in Fairhope, Alabama, who contacted the FBI to let them know that he had been talking about plans to, quote, shoot a church up, end quote, and that he had plans to, quote, take his knife and slit the pastor's throat, end quote, when he was in Memphis on Thursday. McVicker's employer confirmed to the feds that McVicker had requested time off and said that he would be in Memphis during his leave. The female friend says that McVicker primarily lives out of his truck, though he has an address in Punta Gorda, Florida. McVicker has a history of mental illness and drug abuse, according to family members, so it isn't clear at this time what charges he could be facing. He has no evidence of criminal history aside from a citation for driving a truck in the improper lane in Alabama in 2014. Police are still working to determine a motive for the planned shooting. The female friend told the FBI that when she asked McVicker why he wanted to shoot innocent people, he said, quote, they put spiritual snakes and spiders in my bed at night, end quote. I'm so glad they got a driver like this off of the road because if he's seeing that at night lord only knows what he could be seeing during the day just saying so in real thoughtful news let's let's have some good news for a change you know instead of all this bad news and everything and by the way before i forget i hope everybody had a great labor day holiday weekend um i had some mechanical problems in my personal vehicle so i couldn't go out of state like i wanted to go so i had a long weekend of just resting and getting prepped and prepping for this show today and uh playing catch up pretty much and not the stuff you put on fries either That was supposed to be a funny. Well, Muttley thinks it's funny anyways. A trucker makes a sweet modification for his wife. A trucker recently shared his video of the thoughtful modification he made to a semi-truck to make life a little easier for his wife. Driver Randy Ladd shared on Facebook videos of the modification he made to his trucker's steps to help his wife get in the truck after she had multiple surgeries that made climbing up a little tougher. Ladd said that his wife had two hip replacements and a knee replacement. She also had four foot surgeries. So when she goes out with him, she could get into the truck much easier is why he modified the truck. And what he did, it looks like to me, he just he got a ste- uh, set of RV steps, the retractable kind, and he put them underneath his passenger side steps. And which is really cool, and they light up for her and everything, and they retract up underneath, tuck up right underneath his passenger step. So that's pretty cool. I might need a step if my knees keep going the way they're going, but that's a that's a really great great idea. And in other news, 14 trucks are a total loss after a massive fire. Fire officials are investigating after a New York trucking company lost more than a dozen trucks in a large fire on Tuesday, and this was August 20th. The fire was reported at the Draper Trucking Facility around 6 o'clock at night on that Tuesday night in Holland, New York. Authorities say that a garage where the company's trucks were housed caught fire. The fire spread to the trucks inside, and witnesses reported hearing explosions. Well, of course they're going to, if you've got oil and everything sitting around. The building later collapsed on top of the burning trucks. The black smoke could be seen for miles, and fire crews from 18 companies responded to the blaze and were able to knock it down in about an hour, and no injuries were reported. 14 trucks were a total loss in the fire. The building that housed the trucks was also deemed a total loss. And authorities are are still working to determine what caused the fire. Now, truckers rally in support of a bill to outlaw the driverless semis. Whoop, whoop. I'm all for that bill. I don't, my personal opinions, you know, is that 
they're not going to be safe on the roadways. Not at all. A group of truckers gathered at the state capitol in Missouri on the 20th in support of legislation that save, is necessary to save their jobs from being lost to autonomous driving technology. There again on Tuesday, a group of truck drivers, the 20th, uh, I'm sorry, a group of truck drivers rallied at the state capitol building in Jefferson City, Missouri as a part of the, quote, Jefferson City Parks protest, end quote, meant to raise awareness about the dangers of driverless trucks. About 20 industry stakeholders and nine trucks were present for the protest. Part of the, and you may joke at that, but if we didn't know about this protest and it was in Missouri, it's a little hard to route through to just have a bobtail to go down to the state capitol. So you can laugh and snicker and all this kind of stuff at how many trucks showed up, but at least somebody took part in it and it wasn't a complete wash. Part of the purpose of the event was to show support for an upcoming bill being created by Representative Mike Moon that could ban driverless truck technology from Missouri entirely. Thank goodness at least somebody's doing it. The bill is expected to debut sometime in October. The event was organized by veteran owner-operator Bill Bogar. Bogar told um, the local television station that he's worried about the impact that driverless truck technology could have on the job prospects of men and women of the industry. Quote, this is my job. I mean, one of these things come in, I'm done. I'm out. Most of these people coming in today are literally a week out of being out of business. The drivers also raised concerns about the impact of driverless truck technology on highway safety. Another trucker protest organized under the name 10-4 is being planned for October 4th at the National Mall in D.C. Now in other news, a fired trucker fatally shoots a boss himself at a distribution center. Didn't this happen, you know, a few months back? The same driver. What's going on, guys? What's going on, people? You know, if you're disgruntled, don't go after your old boss with a damn gun. Are you nuts? You should be locked up in a padded frickin' cell. Jesus. A fired trucker fatally shoots boss, self, and distribute at a distribution center in Pennsylvania. I don't know what's going on with with some of these people nowadays that can't really classify them as truck drivers because but you know we wouldn't do career truck drivers wouldn't do this kind of a thing because you're pissed off you're gonna go postal and and go back to your previous boss and shoot the place up come on grow up people workers at a pennsylvania distribution center are reeling this morning after a murder suicide enter centering around a recently fired worker According to a report from Eastern Adams Regional Police Department, the fatal shooting happened on Wednesday, August 21st at the Plainville Farms Distribution Center in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. Police say that around 5.30 in the morning, a 58-year-old transportation manager, John Frey, arrived for work and parked in the employee lot at the D.C., As Frey was exiting his vehicle, a Dodge Caravan also parked the deploy lot. 75-year-old truck driver Philip Michael Hughes got out and confronted Ray. Dude, you're 75 years old. Um, isn't it time for retirement? I'm sorry. Hugh fired two shots at Frey at point-blank range before he turned the gun on himself. The coroner pronounced both men dead at around 6 a.m. Police say that Hugh was an independent trucking contractor working for Plainville Farms who was recently terminated the day before. The incident had been classified as a murder-suicide, according to police. Plainville Farms is a poultry plant that employs about 600 workers. They issued the following statement about the incident. Quote, the Plainview Farms family experienced a terrible, senseless tragedy at RDC in New Oxford early this morning. Plainville Farms is working closely with law enforcement in their investigation of this fatal incident that involved the manager at Plainville and an independent contractor. Plainville Farms is a family and we are in mourning. Counseling will be provided to all of our employees to help with the healing process. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families that have been affected by this tragedy. I am so sorry for the loss of the manager of Plainville Farms. DC. Our condolences go out with to them and also the truck driver's family because uh, you, this is uh, 
to me would seem just like sheer being pissed off you know and not cooling down taking 24 hours to cool down and just a you know 48 hours even just to cool down and think things through before going and doing something like that so let's get back to the news Interstate was shut down after a tractor trailer plunged off an overpass. And Ohio transportation officials were warning drivers to seek alternate routes after a semi-truck plunged off an overpass, forcing the closure of a portion of southbound I-77. This happened near Canton, Ohio on Wednesday, August 21st, when a semi-truck crashed off the overpass onto the roadway below. They only reported minor injuries, and it was a day cab. South I-77 was closed at the time between State Route 800 and Fowl Street, according to Canton city officials. It isn't clear when it will reopen. Heavy traffic backups have been reported, and drivers are asked to avoid the area. Now, later on that morning... There was an update. Authorities have released new information. I'm sorry, the next day. My bad. Let me back up. The next day there was an update that authorities have released new information about yesterday's truck crash that shut down a portion of I-77. The Ohio State Patrol reports that the crash occurred when a truck went off of the left side of I-77, hit a guardrail, went over the barrier, falling onto Prairie College Street Southwest. The 32-year-old truck driver had to be extracted from the truck and was taken to the hospital with serious injuries. The cause of the crash still remains under investigation. Police say that alcohol isn't, is not thought to have been a factor and that all lanes of I-77 reopened about 5 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. And this happened, uh, yeah, 5 o'clock that afternoon. So on Wednesday afternoon, that was still the same day. Neighbors save and film a truck driver stuck on active train tracks. Now, this video is going to be on my page of stupid stuff that drivers do that you could find under the cafe menu as well. The hub of my website is the cafe menu. You just tap on that and that uh, flip comes down into a drop-down menu and that's where you could find pretty much everything related to the show and show notes and this kind of thing. Back to the news. A group of locals work together to help out a truck driver who finds himself in a tough spot on a set of railroad tracks. After reportedly attempting a U-turn on a set of railroad tracks, a truck driver finds himself hopelessly stuck with a train coming. Fortunately, a group of local men with a John Deere backhoe appeared to give the stuck truck driver the tug he needs to free himself. And you can watch it in the video and also this article will be in the show notes as all the other articles that I previously mentioned. An interstate closed for a fiery crash that claimed the truck driver's life. In Oregon, on Wednesday, August 21st, police say that a semi-truck driver lost his life in a crash in Portland. The crash happened just before 9 p.m. on northbound I-5 near the southwest Barber, B-A-R-B-U-R, Boulevard exit in Portland. Authorities say that a tractor trailer crashed into a sign and then caught fire. But the cause of the crash remains unclear as of Thursday morning, August 22nd. A witness told a local news outlet, quote, We were just coming back from Vancouver and we saw this Target 18-wheeler just suddenly jet across the freeway. Then there was a bunch of flames, end quote. The unidentified driver of the semi-truck did not survive the crash. Northbound I-5 between Southwest Haines Street and Southwest Capitol Highway have been closed since last night and are expected to remain closed until noon on Thursday at the earliest. The Oregon Department of Transportation has brought in a crane to move the damaged highway sign onto the shoulder, but they say that it is a slow and difficult process. Yeah, because it's stretched all the way across the interstate. Heavy traffic delays have been reported in the area. And you could also see the dash cam, uh, the traffic cam footage of, I believe, of when this happened. So remember I was just talking about how Colorado uh, is going to be um, uh, launching a program to help truck drivers um, in mountains without losing the brakes? Well, this next story is a trucker who lost the brakes rolled his big rig on a runaway ramp. 
Colorado police say that a truck driver survived a terrifying ordeal on Vail Pass last night. The incident happened around 10 o'clock on Wednesday, August 21st on the west side of Vail Pass. Colorado State Police say that a truck driver hauling a load of milk cartons lost his brakes coming down the west side of Vail Pass on I-70 and attempted to use the runaway truck ramp at mile marker 182. Excuse me, at mile marker 182, the trucker cra- crashed and rolled his semi in the attempt to use a runaway ramp, leaving the area covered in milk cartons. Eagle County Paramedic Services responded to the crash and said they treated the driver at the scene for minor injuries. The incident happened less than a week after Colorado transportation officials announced a new program designed to help truckers to navigate the I-70 mountain corridor without losing their brakes. This new initiative, dubbed the Mountain Rules, came in the wake of a high-profile quadruple fatality pileup crash that happened on I-70 in April. Um, There again, I talked about that. So yeah, I just reported on that story and here this happens, you know, but at least he tried. He tried to use the ramp. Uh, Just going too fast. Um, And when you hit one of those ramps for you that are new to trucking, when you hit one of those ramps, that is gravel. And that is loose gravel. And it's like quicksand. It will just, it's supposed to stop your truck dead in its tracks. But if you're going too fast, you'll flip. And and especially losing your brakes like that. But it's supposed to bog you down like you just ran into a big area of quicksand. And you know, it is a hell of a record bill. Well, now he's got a record bill, damaged equipment, lost the load. You know, that's a lot of expense right there. But he didn't kill nobody, you know. So that expense... It, to me is, you know, for lives saved is is worth it because, you know, that's a little bit of expense right now in the short term, but in the long run, you know, he didn't kill nobody. So kudos to you, driver. Now, in other news, the, my last episode, I talked about the hours of service rule changes. And in this article, and I would still like people to call, you know, to to get with me to set up a time where we want can discuss about this hours of service changes. I mean, everybody was busy over the weekend; it would have been an opportune time to do it. But uh, I would still would like to have a show some evening where people call in and we can discuss your thoughts on these hours of service changes. You know, so this article. Uh, is entitled, You Have Until October 7th to Submit Your Comment on Hours of Service Changes. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, or as we know it, FMCSA, is currently accepting public comment on their proposed changes to hours of service regulations. From now through October 7th, so for over this next month, the FMCSA is accepting public comment on their recently proposed changes to the hours of service regulations. FMCSA Administrator Raymond Martinez has encouraged public comment from members of the trucking community and industry stakeholders. Quote, FMCSA wants drivers and all CMV stakeholders to share their thoughts and opinions on the proposed changes to hours of service rules that we are putting forward today. We listened directly to the concern, listen, excuse me, let me back up. We listened directly to the concerns of drivers for rules that are safer and now have more flexibility. And now, and we have acted. I don't know why I want to keep putting now in there. We encourage everyone to review and comment on this proposal, end quote. You can view a brief rundown of the five major proposed hours of service changes below in this article. Now, I was a bit confused on the split sleeper, okay? Um, so I'm thinking as I'm reading this, took a minute to read it, excuse me, for for the white noise or the silence. The agency proposes to modify the sleeper berth exception to allow drivers to split their required 10 hours of off-duty into two periods, one period of at least seven consecutive hours in the sleeper berth, and the other period of not less than two consecutive hours, either off-duty or in the sleeper berth. Neither period would count against the driver's 14-hour driving window. Okay, um, but can we still, my question is, can we still do it to eight and two? And the agency proposes to increase safety and flexibility for the 30 minute break rule by tying the break requirement to eight hours of driving time without an interruption for at least 30 minutes and allowing the break to be satisfied by a driver using on duty, not driving status rather than off duty time. 
And they were saying about, but you still got to show, you know, fueling or whatever. So, I don't know. Following the 45-day comment period, the FMCSA will review those comments and take them into consideration. And they'll probably tweak the final rule. And then the publication of the final rule could take several months after that. After the publication of the final rule, it could take another year before the hours of service changes are actually implemented. I don't know where she's getting this from. The FMCSA says they believe that the changes would improve highway safety while providing $274 million in savings for the U.S. economy and American consumers. And there's a link in the bottom of this article if you would like to submit your comment. But there again... Um, I'll have to, to d- research that further. Not enough hours in the day, people. I have so many articles to get to. I may split this up even into another show. Um, maybe the second and the third because I just have... And I only want to take an hour of your time. And I'm already, you know pushing that right now i'll get to as many articles as i can and this like i said this may go into two different shows like i'm trying to play catch up sorry guys all right in other news law enforcement family thanks a trucking company for their soul-stirring tribute truck an illinois trucking company has gone above and beyond to pay respects to police officers who have lost their lives in the line of duty a rock in rockford illinois trucking company M-E-I-B-O-R-G Brothers, Mayborg, recently unveiled photos of a custom truck decked out in black, white, and blue, featuring a thin blue line American flag to represent the sacrifices that law enforcement officers make for their country. Mayborg Brothers named Jamie Cox Foundation as part of their inspiration for the custom truck and trailer. Jamie Cox was a Rockford police officer who died in the line of duty in November of 2017. Jamie Cox Cox Foundation works to help first responders, veterans, and underprivileged children. Mayborg Brothers writes, Thank you to all law enforcement, past and present, for all you do for the communities you serve. Mayborg Brothers says that they receive words of thanks for law enforcement families for paying respects to fallen officers. They even shared a note that was left on the truck by a grateful member of the public who spotted the truck while out on the road. The note said as a memorial trailer for Officer Jamie Cox continues to make its, uh, excuse me, as our memorial trailer for Officer Jamie Cox continues to make its rounds around the country we keep finding notes like these. A special thank you to all law enforcement officers out there. So that is really, really, really cool of the them to do a big thanks from Julia's Truck and Cafe. Now a trucker, another truck driver was killed while trying to help a motorist extinguish a car fire. This happened, this was reported on August 23rd. It happened on August 22nd in Las Vegas. A truck driver lost his life in Nevada last night while attempting to assist a motorist in a dangerous situation. The incident happened around 10.30 on Thursday, August 22nd near Las Vegas. According to Nevada Highway Patrol, 60-year-old FedEx ground driver John Stacy was traveling on Las Vegas Boulevard when he spotted a disabled 93 Chevy Corvette parked uh, and on fire on the shoulder of the roadway. He pulled over, Stacy, and tried to help. Troopers say that Stacy exited his vehicle with a fire extinguisher in hand. He attempted to cross the road to help with the burning car, but he was struck by a cement mixer. He was pronounced dead at the scene. No other injuries were reported. The mixer truck driver stayed at the scene and cooperated with police. Troopers say that alcohol is not thought to be a factor, and the incident remains under investigation. Always, if you're going to exit your vehicle at night, put on a safety vest. You know, I don't know if he had, they didn't say if he had one on or not. Now, drivers grilled FMCSA in hours of service listing session at the Great American Trucking Show in Dallas. That was a Friday, August 23rd. FMCSA reps were on hand to listen to what truckers had to say about the coming hours of service changes during a listing session happened Friday at the Great America Trucking Show. FMCSA Administrator Raymond P. Martinez was on hand for the Great America Trucking Show listing session. During the listing session, truckers got 
to directly address FMCSA members about various issues of new hours of service proposal that was published earlier this month. The drivers brought up a number of concerns about real-world application of changes to hours of service. Among the topics discussed were driver coercion, increased freedom with the split sleeper birth provision, female driver harassment, and safety scores. Groups including Trucker Nation, OOIDA, and Rural Women in Trucking were in attendance at the listing session to sound off on their concerns. The listing session is part of the FMCSA's information gathering process that will ultimately result in the publication of an HOS final rule. And there again, you can, it's a live stream, I don't know if it's been pre-recorded or not. A man was arrested for grabbing a wheel of a charter bus and steering it into a semi. A bus passenger was arrested in northwestern Indiana for grabbing the steering wheel of a charter bus away from the driver and causing it to crash into a semi-truck. This happened on Thursday, August 22nd on I-94 near Chesterton, Indiana. Police say the Indiana Trails charter bus carrying 51 passengers was westbound on I-94 near mile marker 28. When one passenger, 36-year-old Pedro Garcia Rodriguez, approached the bus driver. Rodriguez then reportedly, quote, grabbed the wheel in an apparent attempt to gain control of the bus, end quote, which caused the bus to swerve out of its lane and hit a semi-truck. Both vehicles left the interstate as a result of the crash. Rodriguez and three other bus passengers suffered non-life-threatening injuries in the crash. The truck driver wasn't hurt. Rodriguez was later arrested and charged with aggravated battery, criminal recklessness with a motor vehicle, and criminal mischief. Police say that the motive for Rodriguez's actions isn't clear at that time. This report highlights a heartwarming relationship between a truck driver and a special needs boy. A young truck enthusiast enjoys a special bond with a truck driver in an uplifting new report. Washington news station KOMO recently reported on the friendship that has developed between a young boy and a Tacoma resident named Seth and his favorite Safeway truck driver, Chris Cummins. Seth, who is autistic, is a truck lover who hopes to one day grow up to be a truck driver. Seth has a special appreciation for Safeway trucks and has developed a nightly ritual with Cummins. Every night, Seth and his family wait outside their home and every night, Cummins makes sure to drive by. The two exchange a greeting and then Cummins allows Seth and his family to hang out as he unloads his truck. After the truck is unloaded, Cummins spends time simply sitting and talking with Seth and his family. Cummins said of the nightly powwow with Seth, quote, if it puts me behind at night, I don't care. If I get home late, that's cool, end quote. And you can review the report below that is in the video at the bottom of this article. I, keep, I hate to keep doing that to you guys, but for my podcast, which will always be um, the main part of my cafe, um, I'm looking at doing new things in 2020. So please, you know, keep listening for those uh, new and update things and mainly um, enhancing the YouTube side of things. Oh, in other news, a new seven mile truck route is set to open in September. Florida transportation officials say that they're almost ready to open a new four-lane truck route designed to cut down on traffic congestion on US 301. Whoop, whoop. The Florida Department of Transportation, DOT, has confirmed that Stark Truck Route will be opening sometime in September. The Stark Truck Route has been constructed between County Road 227 and County Road 233 on the west side of Stark, Florida. The 7.3-mile truck route provides a detour through the city of Stark, and transportation officials hope that it will cut down on traffic on US 301. So it's kind of like an... um, a bypass around Stark, Florida. According to D- the Florida DOT, the new roadway will consist of two travel lanes in each direction and overpasses will be constructed over County Road 100A, the CSX Railroad, and County Road 229. Interchanges will be constructed along the new roadway to provide access to State Road 100 and State Road 16, end quote. Officials expect the Stark truck route to carry 25,000 vehicles per day by 2020. That's a lot. And increase to more than 31,000 per day by 2040. Holy moly. Florida DOT Troy Roberts says that the crews are putting the finishing touches on the Stark truck route to get ready to open next month. 
or this month. Roberts told um, News 4 Jacksonville that, quote, right now our crews are doing some final paving, striping, and guardrail work. There's still a little work left to be done, but we're confident in being able to open the roadway next month so trucks will be able to begin using that and hopefully reducing some of that congestion we see every day on 301, end quote. Ground was broken on the $90 million project in August of 2016. Transportation officials say that the project has been in the works for more than two decades. And then you could see, learn more about the truck route on the link that's provided in this article. A company is ordered to pay a whopping $280 million for a semi versus SUV crash that killed five people. A Georgia jury has awarded a family an historical payout in the wake of a fatal 2016 tractor trailer versus SUV collision. Mind you, it's taken that long with all the discovery and all this kind of stuff over three years to get this handled. On Friday, August 23rd, a jury in Muskogee County, Georgia awarded plaintiff Larry Madre $280,065,000 in his wrongful death lawsuit against Schnitzer Steel, according to a report from the local TV station. And it's spelled, the steel company is S-C-H-N-I-T-Z-E-R, so Schnitzer. Schnitzer Southeast Columbus, Georgia-based Schnitzer Steel Industries and truck driver Kenneth Casey were all named in the lawsuit. The wrongful death suit was filed after a fatal crash that occurred on Highway 80 near Fanks City, Alabama on July 18th of 2016. The jury reportedly heard that in that crash, Kathy crossed the center line and struck an SUV head-on. Prosecutors said that Kathy did not make evasive maneuvers and questioned whether he fell asleep, although Kathy denies that he did. I remember reporting, let's see, no, I started my show in 2017, never mind. Judy Madre, 58 years old, Trudy Herbert, 58 years old, Carrie Jones, 23 years old, along with Jones's two children, 7-year-old Trinity and 4-year-old Jackson, all died in the crash. Prosecutors pointed out that Kathy had been involved in another serious crash in Auburn, Alabama, a few years before the 2016 crash. They said that Kathy had slept no more than four hours prior to this crash. The suit was filed in Georgia, even though the crash happened in Alabama, because Schnitzer Steel is based in Georgia. The settlement has been named the largest in local circuit court history. Police say that a semi crossed the center line into a coach carrying 21 people. Nevada Highway Patrol says that two people, including a truck driver, were killed in a serious collision involving a mine bus and a commercial vehicle. The crash was reported around 6.35 a.m. on Saturday, August 24th, six miles north of Carlin, Nevada. Troopers say that over the road or truck traveling south on route, State Route 766 crossed the center line and hit a Coach U.S. mine bus head on. A truck driver and one of the 21 occupants on the bus were killed in the crash. All of the other occupants on the bus were taken to the hospital for treatment. Five of those people are listed in critical condition. The bus was used to transport workers to mines operated by Nevada gold mines. And they released a statement on the fatal crash. Shortly after 6 a.m. this morning, a bus transporting a crew of Nevada gold mine employees was involved in an accident with an over-the-road ore truck on State Road 766. Local authorities were immediately notified and on the scene providing emergency services assisted by the Nevada Gold Mines Emergency Response Team. The road is currently closed to all traffic. Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone involved in this accident. We are providing counseling and other support resources to our employees and their families. My condolences go out to the people that were injured in this accident. And in other news, troopers took out a trucker, troopers took a trucker out of service, excuse me, four hours later, he caused a multiple vehicle crash. So if they took him out of service, and apparently my thinking is, there again, this is only my, my assumption and my thinking on this, that he snuck off after he was put out of service. I, I don't, I'd go after them for not keeping an eye on him. In Wisconsin, where I grew up, 
Wisconsin police say that they placed a semi truck driver out of service for license violations, and a few hours, just a few hours before, he allegedly caused a crash that injured three people. 4 p.m. Friday night, in Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. Police say that traffic was congested on southbound I-894 at Hale Interchange when truck driver Jamie Mantle allegedly failed to slow and rear-ended two cars. Three people, including a 12-year-old girl, were taken to the hospital for treatment of various injuries caused by the crash. While, and I apologize if I speed up and slow down, I catch myself talking too fast, so I'm trying to do better. So have your patience with me on that. While investigating the crash, authorities learned that Mantle had been placed out of service the same day just before noon by Wisconsin State Patrol Inspector after discovered that Mantle had been operating without a Class A CDL. The local paper reports that Mantle refused a blood test to screen for impairment but that he passed a field sobriety test. Mantle was arrested for operating without a commercial driver's license and operating a, a, while under an out-of-service order. The crash resulted in heavy traffic backups for the evening rush hour that day. So because this is so close to being an hour long show, I'm going to go ahead and split this up into two parts. So this will be the end of part one and continue listening to for part two. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me babble each and every week. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to me here on the cafe. If you are new to cafe, as I mentioned through the episode, please check out the bottom of each podcast episode. I have a description part. I have links to other places that you could find me, such as iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts now. It used to be iTunes Podcasts, but now it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, um, iHeartRadio. A lot of different ones. If you like YouTube instead, hey, we got a YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. Um, I'm trying to give a variety. You don't have to subscribe to everything. I'm just trying to give my listeners a variety of things to uh, whatever they like and they frequent quite a bit. Hey, I'm there. You know, on the website under the cafe menu and cooking in your truck, I share recipes. I also have a page of stupid things that drivers do. They're again trying to keep everything clean. And um, I even have emergency food supply um, page for you could get your own emergency food kits for all the bad weather that's fixing to happen like this Hurricane Dorian. Please also, I would ask if you like to subscribe to my email list. It's a little pop-down menu. Yeah, it kind of gets annoying if you if you shop around at the page and stuff. But just if you don't want to, that's fine. Just click um, not this time or don't think so or the little X in the lower right corner. But if you like to subscribe to my email list, I will send you the show notes right to your inbox. If you enjoy my work and you would like to uh, sponsor, be a sponsor of the show and like to uh, help promote me and promote the show, you can, there is a link to my Patreon page for a nominal um, donation of 3 to $5. You can become a member of my Discord, which is a private chat with me once a week. Or just a one-time donation, I also have a pay me PayPal me, I'm sorry, PayPal me page as well. If So if you enjoy my work and would like to help, because this does take a lot of work. I've been working on this today. Excuse me. Um, I've been working on this today for at least three to four hours. And um, before I forget, please leave a comment on the bottom of every episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. I uh, appreciate everybody sending in emails and uh, telling me how they enjoy the show. I greatly appreciate that. My email is info at juliastruckandcafe.com. So feel free to to email me any comments that you have about the show, likes, dislikes, uh, any ideas for the upcoming show. Hey, if you have any recipes, uh, send in pictures with it. I will gladly share on the page of Cooking in Your Truck and gladly give you kudos. So please keep the shiny side up. Please slow down, people. You know, just slow it down. Use your headlights and your turn signals, please. I'm asking you. 
you know, I care about each and every one of my listeners. You all mean the world to me. I wouldn't be a growing success that I am. We're up to 4,000 listeners on Facebook. I'm so, so excited about that. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you to each and every one of you so much for continuing listening to me. It really touches my heart and really appreciate all of the continued listeners and the new listeners to my show and people that listen to me babble so until next time please keep the shiny side up keep it between the ditches and have a great rest of your week and don't forget to um, be on the lookout for part two of this short two-part series of what in the world is going on with drivers take care